Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning. Scott Luton, Greg White with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Greg, how are we doing? Uh, outstanding. Uh, what a weekend. I mean, lots going on, but uh, Scotty Scheffler wins the Masters for his fourth win in six PGA starts. That dude is on fire. On fire. Yeah. I'll tell you what. On fire. You don't even have you know, to like golf to like that story. I mean, he's just such a thankful guy. Uh, played like nobody's business and has been, uh, you know, anyway, it was just, it was a really great, great story. His wife cried yep. and cried and cried. <laughs> um, he thanked everyone <laughs> who had, you know, kind of helped him get there. It was, it was very inspirational not just watching it, but watching the after effects at the ceremony and that sort of thing. Unbelievable guy. It is. And of course, Greg is alluding, is, is uh, speaking of the new Masters champion, Scott uh, Scheffler. I think that's his last name, right? Scotty Scheffler, yeah. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, uh, who won at the Augusta National and Augusta GA just a couple hours down the road. Uh, quite, uh, quite a weekend. And, you know, <clears throat> I was hoping for at least a two, maybe a three or four horse race. Uh, almost got a two-horse race uh, for about two minutes uh, yeah. at the very beginning of the final round, right? When Cam Smith, uh, Cam, not Cam Smith. Cameron Smith, that's right. Yep. Is it Cam Smith? Okay. Uh, from Australia. Uh, came the Australian out mullet. It. That's what I'm calling him. <laughs> well, nevertheless, it was a great departure from uh, everything else going on in the world for sure. But folks, welcome to the Supply Chain Buzz here today, where we share some of the leading stories across global business every Monday at 12 noon Eastern time and buckle up and get ready. Not only are we going to offer up uh, the stories and, and some quick takes on them, but we want to hear from you. So use, we're going to say hello to everybody in, in the uh, um, sky boxes, the cheap seats here momentarily, but give us, uh, let us know what you're thinking as we work our way through these stories. Now, Greg, we've got a bunch of folks with us here today. I'm going to go ahead and share one. Uh, Michael Jones is glad the broadcast is today because he's got one to two feet of fresh powder tomorrow. <laughs> so guess Park where he's going to be? Here he comes. Yep. <laughs> so Michael, great to have you back. I enjoyed. Uh, I think you joined us for one or two live streams last week. So what do you I say? He doesn't get out of bed for eight inches of fresh powder, which is what he got last <laughs> right. week. Right. Yeah. That is right. He's out that of is bed right. Tomorrow, guaranteed. <laughs> well, let's share a couple of quick program notes. Uh, we'd love for folks to join us uh, for starters. At this upcoming uh, webinar we have with our friends at Six River Systems, how to solve three common peak season challenges. It's going to be May 10th at 12 noon Eastern time. Greg and I host John and Will from uh, Six River Systems. Note, uh, Greg, mm. it's not Six River Robotics. Very intentionally, right. it's Six River Systems, right? Technologies, right. It's none of that, right. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, it's a whole kind of holistic solution, but uh, of course, robotics is a big part of it. You know, again, just like last week, we're talking about peak season, right? Which in the States is kind of Thanksgiving through Christmas. So, um, unbelievable 
but great that we're talking about it now because with things the way they are, though they're starting to loosen up and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, with things the way they are, um, got to be prepared earlier than ever. And as we discovered, you can do everything right and still have something disrupt your supply chain, right? That's right. So, uh, uh, no, Ivan, um, Alan Iverson, we're not talking about practice. We're talking about peak. Took me a second to <laughs> remember that reference. Uh, do you remember our friend, Alan Iverson, Greg? Yeah, of course. Yeah, he hated practice. And that, <laughs> come on, man. We're talking practice. Yeah. We're talking practice, man. I love that. That's almost as good as, as the one Playoffs. with the uh, NFL. Yes, you knew where I was going with that, Greg. Yeah. I love that. It's one of my favorite. Those two must be related because they had about the same response. <laughs> That's true. All right. So moving right along, folks, uh, I tell you, talk about a train that is picking up steam. We published this event. You know, we've been running uh, the 2022 Supply Chain and Procurement Awards, the nomination process for several months now. We've got uh, tons of nominees that we're now processing and getting in them into the judges' hands. Well, last week, Greg, we teed up the live stream that will be the actual awards uh, ceremony itself to our live stream on May 18th with a bunch of our friends, right. uh, some surprise guests, uh, special keynotes, and more. Greg, the market is speaking. We, we've got almost 900 folks that are already registered for that event, and we still got, you know, it's not even, um, the preacher hadn't even got warmed up yet. We're not talking about folks arriving, you know, 30 minutes early to church. We're talking a month and a week out, right? Well, and we don't have Will Smith as a keynote or anything, so... <laughs> I mean, this is real interest in real supply chain, in real innovators uh, and high performers in a very real industry. Real, real, right. real. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's gratifying, frankly, to have this many people this interested in it. It's a virtual event. Scott, imagine the day when this is an in-person and virtual event, as I reckon it will always be. That's right. But, um, yeah, just incredible. What? what this thing has become. It's going to be awesome. Uh, so folks join us. It's going to be really a celebration of, as Greg mentioned, some of the movers and shakers and leading innovators across global industry. Um, and all of that, while we call attention to give visibility to, and, and support to our friends at hope for justice, which are on a very noble mission. They're a nonprofit that is uh, looking to eradicate modern slavery and human tra- trafficking from the entire world. So I'm very, I'm so excited, Greg, that we have, thanks to all of our friends out in the market that have made nominations and, and soon will be sponsoring this event, that we're going to be able to you know, send a, a great check their way. But more importantly, you know, give them, build a platform to help get their mission out there. So folks, join us uh, on May 18th. You can learn more at supplychainprocurementawards.com or check out the link that our friends are dropping in the comments now. Okay. Speaking of Noble Mission, Greg, mm. uh, how about Vector Global Logistics uh, hosts and sponsors of our Logistics with Purpose series here at Supply Chain Now? Uh, Enrique, Maureen, Christy, uh, Mani, the whole team there. Um, it's, t- it's all about action, uh, leveraging logistics for Ukraine. So these are weekly sessions that we're um, we're, we're, we're partnering on, uh, they, their teams really put feelers out and they've got a bunch of partners that are, that really know what's going on and where the real needs are in Ukraine and Poland and in that region. And they are working kind of as a information broker, but also, um, a logistics broker to find resources, 
uh, help find ways of, of conveyance to get into the real, the, the validated, the, the, the pinpoint needs in Ukraine, Poland, and elsewhere in that region. This is a hugely noble mission, right, Greg? Yeah. They, um, you know, they introduced us to some great people that we had on the show, David Adak um, and Dominique, uh, I forgot her last name, who have been doing some things, David from Poland and, and Dominique from here in the States coordinating. And now they have <clears throat> this great, particularly this one great shipment that they need some help uh, getting funded to get it over there. So, um, it, you know, it's obviously a lot going on. Um, it's funny because you can feel the situation in Ukraine starting to kind of fade from the news mm. a little bit as the, the economy becomes bigger news here, but that, you know, uh, atrocities are still occurring and, um, you know, war is still being waged there. So that's right. And people are still engaged here. That's right. And at, for the point you made last week and, and m several others have made, the need is going to be around for a long time, mm -hmm. sadly. So let's, uh, let's come together as a, as a global community and try to serve, uh, meet that need and serve it. So folks, uh, these are weekly sessions. The next one's Wednesday. It's every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. You'll see the link that we're dropping in the comments. You can also go to vectorgl.com uh, and you'll, find, you'll, you'll see more information there. But it's, it's, it's simple. You tune in, you register for the Zoom, you can just sit back and listen and gather market intel and get a better sense of what's going on by people in the know that are actually boots on ground, they're doing things uh, in Ukraine and Poland and elsewhere. Um, or if you can take action, right? If, if you know of a, a truly vetted need or if you've got wherewithal to donate resources, you name it, right? please do. Uh, Greg, yes, talk Scott. about action. Talk about action. Vector has covered the cost and made all the arrangements for three, for in April alone, uh, if I'm if I'm not facts right, three to four containers of aid headed to um, Europe. Right? They've they've covered that. Wow. And how about uh, tip of the hat to our friends at Hapig Lloyd? Yeah. Who are moving containers at cost to help support this initiative? That's what I'm talking about, Greg. Yeah, that's outstanding. Folks, join us Wednesday, 3 p.m. Uh, for the next weekly session. And if nothing else, again. Uh, just come sit in, kind of gather kind of what, what the, uh, the mission is and how it all works or come to learn, you name it, but just sign up and join us this Wednesday, 3 PM. Okay. So Greg, we've got a slew of folks, uh, some old faces, some new faces, some of our favorites, you name it. Yeah. And I'm going to start yeah. here. You know, Josh Goody. How's the weather in Seattle, Josh? <laughs> Probably rainy with a side of, uh, afternoon sunshine. Maybe. Yeah, it would. It um it doesn't it doesn't warrant any comments, so it might be pretty good, right? We shall see. But Josh, great to have you back here today. Looking forward to your contributions. Brenda Allen is back. Brenda joined us uh, last Friday for uh, you for Stephanie the Stephanie Stucky Show <laughs> Unscripted. Uh, you and Stephanie, I really enjoyed y'all's take on fundraising and and access to capital for all. Of course, the Stucky story is a fascinating yeah. one. So, Brenda, welcome in from Great. Springfield, Tennessee. Scott, did you know there's a Springfield in every state in America? I did not know that. Every single state. I, one state, I can't remember which one it is, was, is, has two towns called Springfield. I think. How about that? I think it might be Indiana. Or Man. I could be way off there. You are just a, uh, font a of fount. Useless knowledge. A fount of, of 
been there, done that knowledge. I bet you've, you've been to each one of these Springfields, perhaps. You can tell us the best place to eat in each, maybe. I don't know. But uh, Brenda, Brenda, welcome in from the Springfield in Tennessee. Clay, a.k.a. the dog, is tuned in here today. Uh, on that note, big thanks to Clay and Chantel and Amanda and Catherine. All the production team helps make uh, this happen here today. Kimba is tuned in via LinkedIn. Great to see you, Kimba. Of course, Amanda. Uh, hello, Amanda. We're, hey, we're going to talk about uh, on the first story, uh, food prices and how it's impacting consumer behaviors. And Amanda, you're going to be a good source uh, because we've shared some of your your uh, shopping behaviors in the past. So be ready. Uh, Leah Leopoldo tuned in from Tijuana. Uh, Greg, we were just talking about Tijuana I think, last week, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, it's funny. I used to go through Tijuana to do a, a bike race, Rosarita to Ensenada. Um, every year, the most treacherous hundred miles you will ever ride on a road bike. Yes. Yeah. Interesting, man. Yeah. Interesting. Carried a wheel on my back. How about that? Because okay. I knew Did I was you share the road front wheel in a pothole or something. <laughs> Did you share the road though? Because bikers out here in, in good old Walton County, Georgia do not like sharing the road with automobiles. It was, uh, it was hundreds of people. It was like an organized race. So we Owned the road we own the road you can there but it was it was fun so good stuff yeah. good stuff with a wheel on your back uh michael's clarifying it's alta utah where the all the fresh powder is oh, and okay. ski slopes will be uh peter bolet all night and all day is tuned in once again peter enjoyed your commentary on friday as well thanks for always you know peter's like a clearinghouse of information you know, he, I really appreciate what what he does and the conversations he he drives in the comments, Greg. Yeah, no doubt. Well, and also I saw, I think I saw in the comments, he's got his uh, Mustang out and he's going to put the top down. But remember, last spring you had trouble with that top, Peter. So I hope you got that fixed because we don't want it getting stuck down in a rainstorm or something like that. <laughs> we want Peter nice and cool and enjoying spring. Right, we'll leave all the bad stress uh, out of sight, out of mind. Uh, Catherine, the aforementioned Catherine, part of our production team. Thank you for being here. And she says, "Happy Monday, all." Mohib is back. Good morning. Supply chain is always interesting, especially on a gloomy Monday morning in Wichita. Greg, wow, gloomy. Is there ever a gloomy day in Wichita, Kansas? Often. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My, re right. my recollection is gloomy and cold, or. 106 and no wind. It's about the only Man. time there is no wind. <laughs> Opening the oven door sometimes those like summer it. days in Wichita. Uh, Adriana is tuned in from Brazil via LinkedIn. Great to see you here today. Look forward to your perspective. Dr. Rhonda's back. I uh, spent in the 90s there in the air in Arizona, cooling down, she says, to the 70s this week. She was enjoying the heat, Greg. How about that? Well, you know, they've, they've had some odd springs there lately. I mean, you used to be able to kind of count on it, uh, kind of the way the weather went. And um, and then you had monsoon season, so a month of rain yeah. every day at 2 p.m. <laughs> but uh, now, I mean, it, it seems like they've gotten some kind of odd cycles. So Weather. It, just, it, it, it is just that universal, u unifying subject matter, right? Yeah. Uh, we all, all know where it is and what it's like. Sure. Hey, Greg, great to have you back uh, uh, via Milwaukee and LinkedIn. I wonder if you're a Brewers fan, uh, Greg. Harley fan. Uh, or Harley, that's right. Harley Davidson is based in Milwaukee. Yeah. Maybe he watches, um, <laughs> let's see, 
maybe he watches Brewers games while driving down the road eating uh, uh, one of their their butter burgers that Wisconsin's known for while while driving on a nice spring afternoon on his Harley. I should hope that? he's not doing all of those things at once. But <laughs> if he's like many people in Milwaukee, his garage has a television, a place to eat, and a Harley. So right. and, and a couch, you got right? I mean, and a couch. The, the garage becomes the den in so many houses, which is awesome. I love you got a you got all those things you got what you need for sure. No uh, let's see here. Donna's tuned in via LinkedIn. Good morning, to you Donna. Great to see you here. Uh, Peter Bolay rem- remembers his uh, uh, convertible issues all too well, but they're working perfectly now. He says. I thought How about I recalled that? that he had gotten that fixed. Okay, good. Uh, Catherine loved butter burgers when she lived in Wisconsin. Culvers on every corner. How about that? Uh, and then finally, Ooh, is Greg. That where Culvers is from. Uh, so Culver's me. is in Atlanta now. That's Scott. right. There's one. There's one uh, out by us. That's right. Amazing uh, food. Really, very impressive. <laughs> I mean, for for kind of fast casual, I guess. Uh, Wendy's and McDonald's better look out. <laughs> uh, Greg says go Brewers and Harley, and he's a big fan of the Culver's Butter Burgers as we talked about. Big sports town. Go Bucks. And the Bucks are one of the most talented teams. Of course, the defending world champions in the NBA. Uh, Greg, take it easy on our Hawks. If our Hawks ever can can get two to Bucks again this year, we, we've had a tough year uh, with Atlanta for sure. Um, okay, so Greg, I know we couldn't get everybody, uh, but folks, keep the comments coming. We're, we've got three stories we're going to walk through here today, and we'd love to hear your take uh, as we work our way through the stories. Greg, you ready to get started? Yeah, this uh, first one is fascinating. It really is. So, uh, goodness gracious, man, oh man, the food prices are soaring, amongst other things, as inflation is running rampant, right? And it's impacting Mm. consumer behaviors in a number of ways, including driving Americans back to in-person shopping, Greg. So, tell us more. Well, uh, you know, this article was prompted uh, by the fact that grocery grocery sales are actually down, believe it or not. Um, and, and grocery deliveries are down 30% over a year ago. So since people can go to the store, I mean, I guess it's different, you know, depending on where you are in, in Atlanta, we've always been able to go to the store pretty much since late 2020. But, um, but now that people can or feel safe going to the store, um, they are going. And, you know, what I've thought about this, Scott, that was kind of compelling here was how how we talked about how e-commerce and various things have shifted you know the way that people shop i wonder how much of a shift back we will see i think we all believe that it won't go back to the way it was the old norm but i i wonder how how far back we will go but a 30% drop in a year in deliveries that's incredible I wonder because you guys use Instacart quite a bit, I think, right? So, yes. Do you still, or are you going to the store more or all only or what? You know, I'm so glad you asked because right when, as we were identifying, you know, the news of, to talk about today, right when you sent this over, that's immediately where I thought about, it, right? Because we've been, Amanda in particular, uh, has been become big fans of Instacart over the last couple of years. But right. just yesterday, to your point exactly, she and and my middle child, my dear Gracie, went to the store, 
uh, and, and and did their shopping in person, to your point. So we'll have to um, – so, Amanda, I know you're tuned in, uh, part of the production team back there. Let us know your thoughts of how – whether it's pricing or something else that may be factoring into your decisions. But, Greg, um, what about you and your family? How do you all get your groceries? What What does that look like? I'm not allowed in a grocery store, Scott, unless <laughs> my wife is not in town. So I went to a grocery store for the first time in a in a while uh, yep. yesterday. But Vicky has always gone to the store. She has to. She has some very specific requirements, and and the tactile aspect of produce is critical for her. Um, Interesting. She likes the bananas just a certain way. The um, uh, avocados she makes amazing guacamole so she has to have the avocados just a certain way and tomatoes and whatnot so you know greg uh i if i if i um research is correct and greg if it jobs with what you have been seeing the produce department the actual produce department is is some of the best insulated or or, or the the uh, least impacted if i read this right by inflation is that right? Yeah, yeah, that that is right. I mean, typically, I mean, there are limits, right? I recall many years ago when people essentially stopped buying. I think it was tomatoes, and if it's a friend, kind of a fringe fruit or vegetable, it's more right. more impacted. But you know, bananas. I, honestly, I I just went yesterday. I didn't even look at the price of bananas. I did happen to look at the price of eggs and. Of course, I'm on an island, but oh my gosh. I mean, I'm not on an island 100,000 miles out at sea. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, it, I mean, it is incredible what some of the pricing is, and that is part of the problem, is um, what I did not realize. They don't specifically say it in this article, but what I did not realize was not only do you pay a delivery fee, you pay a slightly higher price for every product, or at least some products. When, right. when they're delivered to you. So um, I was having a conversation with some folks on Saturday and they were, they said, I did not know that, that that was, mm. that was part of the thing, but the numbers are changing rapidly. And I think that is what made this article stand out is that the numbers are changing so dramatically, so rapidly and, um, and largely because of inflation, I think people are, are starting to cut things out. I read another right. article that said um, often when inflation is rampant that people who make, and you'll have to forgive me what the threshold is, let's just say it's 100000 and less and 100000 and more, that the, the, d- there's a delay, which you would think, for people that make $100,000 a year and more on, right. w- on when they start cutting back. But right now, as... People who make less than a hundred thousand, at least in the states, are cutting back. So are people who make more. So that's very interesting because uh, while the whatever we call it, the top one is not even the top one percent. It's a top large percent, six percent, I think, of the population. While they only do twenty seven percent of the purchases, they spend seventy three percent of the money. And when that top echelon of of um, of earners starts to cut, it impacts the economy really, really quickly. I think everybody knows, I feel like there it's inevitable now that we will have a recession. Right. Um, and, and I hear it from people who really know, not just people like me with an opinion. Right. Uh, I've heard, heard that as well, but 
those kind of indicators, these things, these indicators are, um, I would argue, if not leading, they are at least very early lagging indicators. Well, let's share a couple of comments here. Folks are weighing in on on some things you're talking about here. Amanda says she still personally uses Instacart almost all the time. I did go to the grocery store yesterday. I was giving that up. Uh, Sorry, Amanda. Uh, Frequency is still the same. Our bill is up at least 20, 25%. Uh, Wow. She also says it was later in the afternoon yesterday before I finally decided on the meal plan and grocery list for the uh, the week. She's a big planner. Uh, Otherwise, I would have ordered it and had it delivered. The the literal hours it saves me each week is worth it almost every time. How about that? Well, three Uh, kids at home. I can see where when, you know, a lot is going to depend on your home situation, right? Both of you work, you both work from home and you have three kids. Um, and I, I think, you know, all of those things come into play, but I'm telling you, you know, it, it's an old economic concept, right? That's right. There are thresholds where at some point it, it just won't be worth it. Agreed. So. Agreed. Josh says, uh, when the cost of delivery is twice or three times what it would cost me time-wise and with the cost of gas, I become more willing to go to the store. Excellent point. We're seeing some surcharges on some in some services that typically we haven't seen surcharges. I think Uber, I think either Uber or Lyft rolled out some gas surcharges here in recent weeks. And um, like, like in during the Great Recession, when those fuel surcharges were first implemented, when fuel got to like four, four forty a, a gallon for diesel, they right. will they'll never go away. They might get reduced, but you know we've had fuel surcharges for. Over a decade now, I think somebody right. who's in trucking probably knows when. But now they're piling surcharges on top of surcharges. <laughs> right. Whatever they can get away with in some cases. Yep. Uh, Greg says, you have to save money wherever you can and watch for sales. Grocery grocery delivery is not always free. Excellent point. I would, it's never free. free. They get you somewhere. Right. They get you somewhere. That's right. Uh, Dr. Rhonda says, I've noticed the 10 parking spots reserved for curbside grocery delivery are now being used by folks shopping inside. Less curbside there. Interesting. Or so it seems. That's interesting. Catherine says, we use Thrive Market and have definitely seen a price increase. Uh, Peter says, I've never ordered food online for groceries. I love to walk the aisles. I can, I can see that. I can see that. Dude, it could um, take me like 10 minutes to find the milk. I'm pathetic. In a grocery store, <laughs> I've heard some stories there, Greg. But I'll save those for another time. Yeah. Uh, um. And I also, uh, whether it's this article that we're talking about from Market Watch, which I'll pop this back up here, or it might have been in some other other um, uh, stuff I was reading, the food away from home, right? So we're talking about restaurants, mm-hmm. right? Um. I think that's how the USDA or whichever uh, federal organization that classifies it. We're talking about restaurant food, that's up some 7% where prices were in January 2021, so just over a year or so ago. In some cases, on the high side, what's driving the average up? Um, chicken wings, I think we've heard specifically, yep. Greg. Have you what, what have you been paying $20 for what you normally pay, you know, 11 bucks for chicken wings lately? There's no suitable wing place on Hilton Head Island, I can assure you of that. We had wow. Wingfest here a couple of weeks ago, and I got to try okay. all of them, and uh, so that saved me a pile, frankly. Uh, but you know, back home, my neighbor has a sports bar with, I think, the greatest wing flavor ever invented: um, lemon pepper, hot, and ranch dressing, all mixed into the sauce. It's delicious. Anyway, Man. Um, so 
Um, but yeah, there, I mean that, and, um, just this weekend, I heard of something else that is in incredibly short supply. Yeah. That really, that impacts that. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, everything is out of balance since, you know, labor has been hard to get back to work and that has had an impact on the supply of everything. And when, when demand outstrips supply, right. Prices go up. That's right. Well, I, th- I think going back to the chicken wing example, I think fats and oils uh, and the grease that you chick- uh, that you cook these things in ha- are, are been some of the most susceptible uh, to inflation, if I read that right. They have, and also susceptible to supply because Russia and Ukraine produce a huge amount of the grains and the oils that we use for cooking. So yeah, we haven't even begun to see the impact of those of that. Because think about this, fields that are are being bombed aren't being harvested. Fields that have been bombed can't be planted. So this impact, to talk about, you know, what what we've seen, this could have an impact for a year or more to come. Yep, I was actually stunned. I can't quote the numbers, but they were big, double digits in both the case of Ukraine and Russia in terms of supply of grain and cooking oils. Um, so it, it's going to have an in, incredible impact, uh, Agreed. over the next few weeks. Agreed. Um, the ripple effect, we're, we're, we're only seeing the smallest ripples right now. Just give it some time. And unfortunately we're going to see a lot bigger ripples in the months to come. Uh, let's see here. T squared. The cost of chicken is highway robbery. Chicken has gone through the roof. Uh, let's see here. Peter says, I love Hilton Head Island. Been a few times for the golf Palmetto Dunes, I guess. Oh, yeah. So Great we'll track. have to make that happen. Uh, Greg uh, says, Wisconsin has a major bird flu outbreak. Over 3 million birds destroyed on one farm. Greg, I know that was a topic of one of your, your commentaries last week, right? Yeah, it was last week. And it, uh, far more than that have been destroyed uh, nationwide. In fact, the uh, population went because of other reasons, but the population is overall popula- population has gone down by almost 10% from 340 million to around 310 million. Some of that is because birds are being retired because uh, in California, they require cage-free eggs, whether no matter where they're produced. So they had to where cage-free used to be 6% of the, of the eggs produced. Now it's up around 23%, I believe. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's substantial. But as you point out in your commentary last week, and folks, y'all can get that Monday, Wednesday, Friday on LinkedIn. Uh, make sure you follow or connect with Greg to, to, to see that. Um, but as you point out, this is not a, a once in a lifetime, you know, unique uh, challenge. This happens regularly in supply mm-hmm. chains. I think it. Uh, Excellent point. Yeah. Are well suited to kind of, you know. Yeah. The, the, the resilience um, processes are well established for this because it's not uncommon We've had five incidences of bird flu since just since 2014. So, wow. Um, yeah, so despite per, what the media or the CDC, right. <laughs> despite how the news might uh, play it up as, a, as the sky may be falling. I, I can't remember Literally, exactly how you put it. Yeah. Yeah. Chicken little, <laughs> chicken little, poor old chicken little. Um, but folks got to check with, uh, we'll, we'll make sure we mention that at the end as well. We've really gotten a ton of feedback around that weekly, um, uh, the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, weekly commentary because you mix it's, it's interesting greg 
uh, quick aside before we move to the second article, you mix a been there, done that perspective with with data and and inarguable um, de- you know data and, and information there with a nice sense of humor. And so it really reads, or and sometimes of course, a little bit of bitterness, but <laughs> sometimes, <yeah. laughs> sometimes, but of course it's also a pretty quick read. Uh, so check that out folks every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. And Hey, Greg loves comments on those things. I love yeah. to see the interactions back and forth. And while uh, we have gotten a lot of both views, I mean, 10, 12,000 people viewing those things and dozens to a hundred comments. So I right. uh, well, love that. And I try to respond to every single one. So much so that we're actually coming attractions. We're working on uh, a, a functional um, build out on our website webpage where folks can find it easily and find past uh, supply chain commentary. So yeah. look for that, folks. The market has spoken, and we try to try we're to kind of uh, going backwards from these commentaries into a blog, right? I think, right, <laughs> fighting, I mean, fighting furiously, maybe. But uh, hey, we got to give the give the people what they need, right? What they want, yeah. Um, Brenda says, my husband and I use an app cozy to make a grocery list and try to stick to that list. Also don't go to the store hungry. That's a great timeless best practice. That advice last night, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) overall, her bill has gone up some 20% just for two people. I hate to hear that. That is very, very much what, what she and Amanda are saying. That is very, very much in line with what the stats are showing. And I mean, just a, a week or two ago, the you know, the, when we see inflation, they kind of strip out a certain uh, segment, and a lot of it has to do with groceries. So the impact on groceries, which is the real impact on people, on you know, on the uh, Amer- the consumer, is much much higher than the blended inflation rate that's being reported. So it's it's I mean, it's a struggle. You know, right. I think I saw um, I think it was J.P. Morgan said that um, American consumers will spend an extra $5,200 a year on the things that they buy in their market basket. Wow. So buckle up, folks. That's right. Uh, and that comes on the hills, of course, all the, the challenges and, and costliness of, of how the uh, pandemic, amongst other things, have, have impacted consumers. So um, I want to share this comment here because Greg also points out the drought. Because we're, we're, we're seeing continued repercussions, of course. He says, United States is still in a drought. We'll have to see if we are still in a drought this growing season. And, of course, that impact on grain and all produce. Excellent. So that, that's really interesting because, of course, droughts are regional, right? I mean, overall, yes, the U.S. is in a drought. Let me assure you that in the southeast, we are not in a drought. <laughs> and, and, frankly, coming from the Midwest, like Greg, uh, the concept of a drought in the southeast is about five times the amount of rain that you get in the Midwest, in the in the grain produ- producing states of the Midwest. So a drought uh, or, or the regular amount of rain in the Atlanta area, for instance, is around uh, 50 inches a year. So a drought, 20% or 30% drop yeah. from that, is still 35 inches of rain a year. In Kansas, when when you have drought, you, you drop from like 11 inches of rain a year to uh, six, seven inches of rain a year. And that is, that's dramatic and it can be hard on crops. Mm. So, 
Uh, I want to share this from Rhonda, and then we're going to get to this next story. Uh, Rhonda says that she has a dear friend who purchases windows from Ukraine. She owns her own company focused on kitchen and bathroom restoration. She used special window glass from there, and this is yet another disruption for her since that's not possible now. I share that knowing there are more important devastating consequences of human loss, but it hits the hearts of others trying to pay the bills and work here as well as in different ways. Scott, you know, that, that that is an excellent point. You just don't know where things come from. So I have a friend who works at a BMW dealership and he said, they are telling us now that, that um, so, so many cars, new cars are being ordered, even from Germany, even the ones made in Germany, not just the ones made here in South Carolina, but they're being ordered in advance. And the lead time is increasing by four weeks, about every two months. Wow. And the latest reason is because the wiring harnesses for certain vehicles are made in Ukraine. And of course, no production is ongoing. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, in a global supply chain situation like this, right? right? The impact of, of an action like this is far and wide. Agreed. So, Agreed. Uh, and Greg, you know, for in some cases, short term, uh, repercussions and 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 short term challenges. Folks aren't gonna, you know, overhaul their whole global supply chain, build new right. plants and sites. We, we got to keep these you things can. in you context. I mean, right. I mean, think about a wiring harness for a car today. That's not even including the chips that that get wired into it. This is just the wires that make your blinkers work, your headlights go on, the lights in right. your you know in your dash go on, and various and sundry other things. The cigarette lighter work for you smokers. Stop smoking. Um, <laughs> Um, but well, look at the toll those things. Yeah, L- look at look at TP. I know we don't we're sick of hearing about TP, but look at it. H- had I mean, it played. Our point is playing out because truly, the toilet paper shortage was so short lived, and the toilet and the paper companies knew it was not going to be a you know long term thing. So they aren't going to over invest, and then they're right back with with too much infrastructure. Right. I mean, we, right. That's who exactly has a hard right. time? Which, which is that that's an issue now is some of these pop up factories and things like that. Warehouses, as the economy tails, things will start. You know, it, it's the whiplash effect on steroids. Right. right. Too many warehouses, too many, uh, too much shelf space, whatever you want to call it. Production space. Scott, you're dead on there. And by the way, the next article we're going to talk about. Is not not trying to go there yet, but the next article we're going to talk about is one of the most prominent issues in supply chain today, and it is being reversed in in unbelievably rapid order. So there that's it is. A great segue. It's a great segue because while food prices continue to skyrocket, Greg White, the one and only transportation industry stocks, uh, transportation indus- industry stocks. Whew, try to say that without. 18 cups of coffee on a Monday morning. (laughs) They're headed in the opposite direction amid concerns of a freight recession ahead. So, Greg, tell us more here. Well, you know, there is a Dow transportation index. So the Dow index in the United States is is the pool of stocks, the collection of stocks that identify the stock market and where it's going. So when you hear about um, the Dow or the NASDAQ or the S&P 500, it's a collection of stocks. And they're and Within the Dow, there is also the Dow transport stocks, whereas 
the Dow has been roughly flat uh, over the last month or so. Right. Transportation stocks starting, it looks like right at the beginning of of April, no fooling, have gone down 12%. So, and and the wrap on this from the analysts in the industry uh, is that um, rapidly deteriorating market demand conditions. And now, of course, the supply chain is just reaching a state of, of recovery and overcompensation, which is typical in the transportation industry. Uh, and again, there are probably those of you who know better than even these analysts uh, at JP Morgan, but, um, but their concern is that these companies are going to build a ton of capacity just in time for demand to collapse. Mm. And, it, you know, and again, this is, this is both, a, this is the um, cruelty of this particular situation. This is both a contributor to the recession and a victim of the recession, right? Transportation, because people are going to stop buying things. They're going to, they're going to buy fewer things. And, and as that happens, fewer shipments, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, and we're talking about another article here via Market Watch uh, as we're working through this, these uh, transportation stocks that are keep uh, continuing to fall. So y'all check that yeah. out. I think we've got a link to that in the comments as well. Um, the good news is th those stocks are up a little over a half a percent today, but down quite a bit. Yes. Um, in, in just the last couple of weeks, not mm -hmm. even two weeks. We need a supply chain stock show, Greg. Maybe maybe oh, Tequila Sunrise will be back after your sabbatical. We uh, you know we tried we tried that and yeah. boy, yeah, it would be interesting to see what has gone on. You know, Sh Shopify was part of the Tequila Sunrise supply chain stock index. Yes, you know I love long titles, right? <laughs> um, and S S Shopify is going to split ten for one. They announced today. Wow. So. Um, you know, the, one of the best facilitators of, of e-commerce on the planet, maybe the universe. Well, <laughs> so I stay tuned. The universe yet. that's right. Stay tuned. You never know what's right around the corner. Uh, but, uh, we'll, we'll get tequila. So I'm, I'm bound determined to get a special episode of tequila sunrise and update episode. Soon. I can see that. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, so, all right. I, I think it would be interesting. You know, I know we have. I think Aaron is on here and maybe Sylvia. I know we have a lot of people really in the know on transportation. So I'm really curious if, if they are starting to see demand turn. So I have been talking to a company called Boomerang, which is a freight broker. Um, and they have not, had not, at least the last time I talked to them. But Scott, all this has happened since the beginning of April. I haven't talked to them in April. So Ah. You know, but again, this is just stock prices. And, you know, sometimes the stock market can lead these kind of things. They see yeah. they see crisis on the horizon. They start selling. So um, it may be that this hasn't hit yet. I would just say if you're in the transportation industry, keep your eyes wide open and your head on a swivel. OK, <laughs> listen. Hey, if Greg White's offering advice, take it and heed it. Take it and heat it. Okay. Let me, uh, I want to share a couple comments here. So Mohib says nature works in a mysterious way. It's time to get rid of that extra 20% fat inventory we've been hoarding in the last couple of years. You know, it's, 
<clears throat> it is interesting that um, we just started talking about just-in-time inventory. Now, understand, I want to pe- make sure people understand this. If you're not a supply chain wonk, you may not know this. Many of you who are supply chain wonks do. do or if you're in manufacturing, you may not know this. There has always been just-in-case inventory in the supply chain. When we say companies don't hold just-in-case inventory, we're talking about manufacturers. Mm. Manufacturers make the news because they make all the money, and that's where everybody goes to determine where the, um, you know, where the market is. But at the consumer level, distribution and retail always have held just-in-case or safety stocks or buffer stocks, whatever you might call them, inventory. So that just-in-case inventory is a very new thing and often um, widely uh, widely spread because it's new to manufacturers and not terribly scientifically approached. So to AA's point, we definitely have a, a risk there of some of those company being, companies being overstocked on items that they probably should not have so much Agreed. inventory for. It's like ghost inventory. Uh, not not everyone knows about it. Uh, but Mahib, thanks for sharing and thanks, uh, Greg, for that clarification. Some important folks uh, to know these these things. Erin, you're just mentioning Erin uh, Smitek, I believe. She now works for a company that is an intermediary between carriers and customs brokers in Canada. Looking at the certificate of origins that come through, it's really amazing where things come from. I'd love to know what's the most unsuspecting place you've ever gotten something from, Erin. Let's hear that. Aaron would love it. Would love if you could uh, share with our uh, ecosystem here. Let's see here, um, Brenda. Okay, so Bre- <laughs> Brenda. Uh, and by the way, I'd love to know what Kenny Bob's Foods is all oh, about. Oh, huh? this is Brenda. Yeah, got it. <laughs> so Brenda uh, says, "I'm curious if you know where we get steel from. My husband has not been able to find a 400 amp electric box needed for a building for manufacturing." The electric company said they can't even get the normal 200 amp boxes for houses being built. Wow. So, Greg, I've checked our safety stock here, and we are fresh out of the 400 amp uh, electric boxes. But perhaps you may know where to get your hands on. If Granger or Schneider Electric doesn't have it, my opinion is it probably can't be got at all right mm-hmm. now. So those are the big, big uh, energy and electric distributors. That's the first place I would I would look at. Uh, depending on what state you're in, talk to your st- state or local or in this in Georgia, we have cooperative energy um, companies and see where they're getting that because they are usually the one often it's the energy company that is providing that box to a big facility like an industrial building. It's great, great tip, great tip. And by the way, Peter and, and Brenda, thanks for the questions. We're here to serve as connectors however we can. Uh, Peter, Steps right in, uh, talking about comes from around the world. Many raw materials are getting harder and harder to source, to manufacture, and product urethane is another such item. Our hose manufacturers are now saying six to eight months lead time with no guarantee on costs. Wow. Wow. Um, let's see here. Moving right along. But Brenda, we hope, uh, appreciate you asking the question again. If we can we can connect and facilitate, we certainly will try. Sunil is looking for a job in uh, procurement, purchase supply chain. Let me know if you have any requirements. Sunil, hey, connect with the folks here. Connect yep. with the folks here. Also check out Dial P for Procurement, which is led by Kelly Barner and, and Buyer's Meeting Point and Art of Procurement. Those are great resources that may give you some inside tips there. Um, T-squared, 
Yes, a stock show. Supply chain strategy can and does impact stock prices. Greg, who, who more is the? More. Um, that's right. More and more. Uh, who is the guy? Is it Jim Cramer that does is that, uh, that makes all the noise? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But yeah. how cool would it be to have that type of energy show, but focus squarely on global supply chain? Greg, I'm convinced you can be that guy. You can be that guru right here. We can come up with a 20 word title. Right, kind of like our our Greater Hilton Head Supply Chain Transportation Logistics Ship <laughs> Index. <laughs> I missed a few words there, but uh, T squared. Thanks for encouraging us, and we'll see. I think it would be, you know, not a um, it's things things change so much hour by hour. It'd be tough to kind of the timing, the cadence would be a little bit tricky. But it'd be cool to, yeah. you know, ha- have us weigh in and and kind of have our gurus weigh in once a month on some interesting moves from a stock standpoint. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Jose, uh, just real quick. Jose Montoya is saying they are seeing a little slowdown in transportation. How about that? Eastbound. How about? Yeah. So, and, uh, and I, actually, I was kind of hoping, <laughs> hoping beyond hope, Scott, <laughs> that it might be that the market was way ahead of this sort of downturn in demand. Frankly, I think it's a good opportunity to kind of uh, reestablish stability. What did I say would be the word of 2014 for supply chain? Reestablish some sp- stability in the supply chain uh, by, you hate to see a recession. You know it's not going to be good for everybody. It may be right. really bad for some. But, but to see that demand come down and allow the supply chain to catch up, mm. right? Mm. And if, think about this, if instead of this sort of, we have one shift, then another shift, then another shift, then another shift that has kept the supply chain on the back foot for two years. If demand goes down and prices go down and and uh, backlogs go down and we can can kind of have a convergence of slowdown while it, in in the short term, as I've been calling it, transitory sacrifice, right? It's a transi- transitory sacrifice to get supply chain back on level ground and able to deal with what we've always dealt with is a series of of disruptions that don't disrupt the entire world right mm-hmm. we had one major disruption that entire that disrupted the entire world and has put us behind the eight balls ever since yeah so well said uh and jose thanks for being here uh y'all check out logistics and coffee uh, make sure you're getting those invites to join Jose and his team. Uh, so thanks for popping in. Peter says, just in case, is in many areas, including especially airlines, where Peter spent almost 30 years. Yeah. Uh, Greg's yeah. talking about uh, many countries and individuals looking to source their food more locally, if possible. Now, if Aaron, I didn't have deer in my backyard, I would be eating <laughs> my wife's delicious <laughs> tomatoes right now. <laughs> so okay, Aaron not says. Right now, but. <laughs> Erin is answering your question uh, about what would be most interesting. She says, just the usual, unfortunately, China, U.S., Taiwan, et cetera. Sorry for the letdown. I keep my eyes peeled for an off-the-wall locations, though. I bet she means it's surprising the stuff that comes from those countries. And and it's that is truly the case. It is You would think some of these things could be produced elsewhere, right? Yep. But it, it is stunning what comes from it. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Sunil, I love this. I love Sunil is shameless 
uh, putting himself out there. We almost look to grow locally. That will give more margin and profit. I can help you all. I love that, Sunil. Uh, keep that, <laughs> keep that uh, attitude, and I'm sure uh, the next venture and opportunity is right around the corner. Uh, Brenda is answering my question. Kenny Bob's Foods is a manufacturer of barbecue sauces and co-packer for others. How cool is that? I wonder what brands. Yeah, share with what us, you please. Co-pack? That'd be interesting to see. Oh, yeah. We're big fans. Big fans of uh, barbecue here. All right, so let's get Greg. We got one more thing we're going to tackle quickly. Yeah, and we have derailed, haven't we, Scott? You well, know that's why they don't let us just the two of us be on here very agreed. often. But th- I think this is actually good because uh, you know everybody is about to experience much like we did with COVID. Everybody possibly in the world is about to experience what we're talking about here: this slowdown of demand. This slowing of economies and that sort of thing. I don't know that, I certainly don't know. Remember, I always like to qualify, not an economist. Yeah. But uh, I'm hearing a lot about it from people who should know. So They should know. They should. But anyway, I think it's a broadly impactful discussion. So I'm glad everybody's getting get in on this. Nerf is back. Great to see you, Nerf. We missed you here. Uh, great to see you. And Catherine is picking up on a phrase you just said, just the two of us. And then we said it, Greg. Oh, yeah. that was good, Scott. <laughs> oh, that was man. Really good. Right in, what was that right from? Just the two of us. Was that a, a deodorant commercial or was no, that? A- that's a, no, that was like a popular song in the 80s, oh, I think. That's right. Okay. But then it was applied to a commercial. Oh, let's don't go there. So, Catherine, check that out. Uh, give us more information on who sang this song, just the two of us. And thank you for Will. Oh, oh I heard I heard Amanda. You heard that too? Yeah. Will Smith. He, she's so no. Catherine. No, so no, 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 no. Will no. had a Will sampled the original song in a in a rap song. Rover Washington Jr. Thank sang you. the original. Yes. Yes. Thank you. So uh <laughs> I did not like the Will Smith. Uh, reinvented well, version. Also, Doctor Evil. By the way, awesome. he, <laughs> yes, he that's right. It, right. All right. So all of that gets us. Thank you, T Squared Grover Washington Jr. and Bill Withers. Maybe maybe Bill, Bill Withers, Withers wow. legendary, wrote yeah. the song. We'll see. Um, okay. So let's get back to our final story here today. We might go over just a couple minutes, but I find this to be interesting and not the first time we've touched on this. Um, So according to this report via the Wall Street Journal, as e-commerce and other factors trigger the need for more and more infrastructure, many Americans are beginning to get to to push back rather on warehouses and fulfillment centers and the like coming to their neighborhoods. Greg, folks are complaining about the noise, the pollution, uh, the, the industrial trucks, big trucks rolling through local roads and neighborhoods. Cushman and Wakefield, yes, the reputable real estate firm, says that companies have added more than 1.6 billion, as in Bezos, a big old fat B, square feet, 1.6 billion square feet of new industrial space across the U.S. from 2017 to the beginning of 2022. Um, Hotspots, I call these pushback hotspots, have been seen in Southern California, uh, in the suburbs of Pittsburgh, PA, and Madison, Wisconsin, to name just a few. But oh. y'all check out this article. But l- I love this quote because I think I think this quote is dead on, Greg. This is come. This comes from Tom Ahern with Five Corner Strategies uh, via this W uh, this Wall Street Journal article. 
He, uh, Tom says, quote, everyone loves to see Amazon.com delivery vans show up in their driveway the day after they ordered the new fishing reel or the mitt for their son or daughter. But everybody wants to make sure that the warehouse from which it's coming is one town over, end quote. And I really believe that's a big part of it. Boy, that, if that is not the truth, I don't know what is. Yeah, that, 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 that principle happens all the time. And that is, you know, we got ours, right? <laughs> they cut down trees to make our neighborhood, but we sure don't want people cutting down trees to make a, you know, a delivery center, right? right. So, yeah, I, look, I mean, there, it, it, it is an unfortunate fact of, of where we are. But I do think, as we were talking about a few minutes ago, we are possibly overcompensating and probably not designing, certainly, unquestionably not designing to make the best use of space, right? I mean, it's possible, if you build it right, to go up on on some of these warehouses. There's a, a company called Auto Store, and it is basically robotic retail. Um, and they they go three four stories high to to get the get the goods. So not for everything, but it it is something that you can do on on less ground. Um, but this what I used to call edge distribution, right? Micro center, micro fulfillment, and all this other stuff. This stuff where we insist on getting it in two hours or one or the same day, right? Um, yeah, it it's going to take a lot of. It's going to take a lot There's of cost to do that. That's and right. Guess who, cost. guess who drives that? Guess who Amazon and whomever is responding to? Right. Us, the consumer. That's right. If you don't want, if you don't want those facilities in your area, don't order anything that you want in a day. Right. So well said, well said. Um, look, and, and by and, the way, now that you can go out to the store and get that fishing reel and talk to somebody who knows a little something about fishing, who can tell you <laughs> if it's the right reel for you. Right. right. Most people don't all have YouTube channels. Some people who know fishing <laughs> are actually out there fishing. Oh, those darn folks with YouTube channels. Dad gummit. Uh Aaron says, uh, in Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh. where she lives, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh I guess. Okay, yeah. where she lives, Google, she thinks it was, gave up on an old dilapidated Westinghouse building because the community pushed back against them coming in. And she's not sure. Um, maybe it was Amazon, someone else. But that, you know. That's happening quite a bit. And Greg, it's not just e-commerce related. You know, here in Georgia, the um, there's a, a really big potential automotive win uh, for a truck manufacturer called Rivian, I believe it is. Oh yeah, and it's They're potentially huge. that's right. I mean, it's potentially going to be placed in uh, east in the eastern fringes of eastern of eastern Metro Atlanta. Um, and there's a, already been the deal hadn't even been finalized, and there's a ton of pushback despite the. I think 5,000 estimated jobs and, and good paying you know, autom automotive jobs that would create and all the supplier clustering that it would bring to the area, much like Kia, how Kia, the, the big investment Kia made in here West in Point. Georgia. Yeah. That's right. Revel it yeah, really transformed. Spartanburg, where I was just a couple of weeks ago. What an, I mean, what an amazingly robust community that is now right. and scientifically advanced. I mean, truly very impressive community. Um, and I mean, I saw that community in the early nineties and it was not at all that. So that's right. That's I, right. There's a lot of goodness, but there is going to be a lot of pushback. Remember when people didn't want Walmart in their neighborhood because they didn't want the people who are on the pictures of Walmart or whatever 
in their neighborhood. But now I'm thinking of a particular neighborhood in, um, in Wichita, Kansas, and you know who you are, Crestview Country <laughs> Club. Um, <laughs> but once that Walmart got in there, guess who started shopping there? Everybody. Even the com- country club members, right? Right. Everybody. Um, yeah. Uh, this really quick as we start to wrap here, Josh says there was a fake video of drones using a floating Amazon warehouse, kind of like the Death Star. He says people will be complaining about the shade it casts on their pool. <laughs> Josh, hey, my 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 kids love watching these these uh, Karen videos on YouTube, right? And so uh, from time to time, I, I kind of um, I give the, give the kids what they want. It's amazing how people lose their mind over nothing. Greg, it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. So, Josh, thank you for sharing. Uh, Greg's kind of talking about your point. Take a look at Walmart. They've had to close stores in the past few years because of the changes in the market. Uh, Peter, man, Peter's on the money. So we were just talking a second ago about uh, just the two of us, the song. I didn't realize that was a gr- that was nominated for the Grammy Award Record of the Year. Uh, and that was Bill Withers and Grover Washington Jr. And the album, he's even got the album in here, Wine Light. Released, or wine maybe, maybe just wine, wine. light released yeah. in 1980. Yeah, gotcha. wine light Thanks. was the name of the album. Man, Grover Washington Jr. has the smoothest voice. He was the perfect pick for really? that song. Oh, have you not heard the original? I'm version? gonna have to go. I have Dude, it's been a it while. Is. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back. It to is listen. a great song. Well, uh, so Greg, uh, we are going to be just a minute or two over. That's okay. We've had a lot of stuff to get through here today. I love all the com- man, the comments. I really appreciate all of y'all bringing it today. Um, I want to make sure we wrap. I want to invite, again, for folks that may have uh, come in late, join us this Wednesday. It's the weekly session of, of Leveraging Logistics for Ukraine, 3 p.m. Eastern time. The link's already in the comments, or you can venture over to VectorGL dot com and they've already got they've got a pop-up there that will take you exactly where it goes there's no need you know for this meeting there's no need to bring anything there's no need to sign up for any 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 kind of um uh contribution if you can't do it no worries sign up and just walk away more informed of what's going on and the needs uh and 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 the efforts of addressing those needs what's taking place a lot of good news there um all right so greg I'm going to give you the last thought here before I sign off here today. So it's the latest edition of the Supply Chain Buzz every Monday, 12 noon Eastern time. Join us. Uh, Greg, your last thought here today. I don't, think it's, I don't think it is a foregone conclusion, but I do believe myself that, that tougher times are ahead and that things are going to be shifting. Just prepare yourself. This too shall pass. It will be unlike Unlike inflation, when the Fed predicted it, this sacrifice, this time of trouble will be transitory. It is kind of a natural economic reset. It happens all the time, regardless of how it's reported in the press. Remember, network news, network, network news is dying and they have to get eyes on them. So they mm. have to be sensationalistic. They have to be, uh, create, you know, create conflict and that sort of thing. But all of this has happened before. And for those of you who are Gen X, Gen Z or millennials who we didn't teach history to, I'm so sorry. All of this has happened before. Go look on Wikipedia or YouTube and get a history lesson and see how countries, the world has come out better after recessions than, than they were before. So well said. Well said. Folks. 
You know, you said this too shall pass. And that always these days reminds me of the phrase that I stole shamelessly from somebody. This too shall pass. It may pass like a kidney stone, but this too shall pass. It, yeah. Um, and it likely will in this case too. Right. But, but we'll get it, it will. Yeah. That's right. We'll persevere. Uh, folks, hey, thanks so much for tuning in to The Buzz here today. Uh, big thanks again to Clay and Chantel and Amanda and Catherine, all the folks behind the scenes. Big thanks to everybody that tuned in into the skyboxes. Uh, we couldn't get to all the comments, but we got to a bunch of them. Y'all keep keep those things coming in. Uh, it's so important to have a, a nice interactive um, discussion with folks from all types of walks of life. Uh, but whatever you do, uh, on behalf of Greg White, Scott Luton signing off today, uh, challenging you to do good, to give forward, and to be the change that's needed. On that note, we'll see you next time right back here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supply.